0: Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 315 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you right after the Timberwolves game, uh, where the Kings win 93 to 80. Um how, where to really start? Um, Kings played a good game. Um, Kessler Edwards had a good game. Matt Dom I thought, had a good game despite not scoring well. Jordan Ford, solid as usual. And uh Alice O'Connell kind of came out of nowhere, so that was really fun to watch. Um where, what else? I guess what, what were your observations for the epi- or for the game uh fall?
1: Um I could I gotta say that the King's side they're pretty handy on the ball. A lot of steals, I'd say. Uh, let me check how many 11 steals this game total up. Um other than that, I mean the defense within the paint was. Kinda of doo doo. Then again, the Wolves' <laughs> defense in general was pretty doo doo. So, I mean, pretty offensive heavy game for both sides. I gotta say, um yeah, just uh, when the shots go in, they go in pretty much.
0: Yeah, like talk about like I guess t- let's talk let's talk about like Leonard Miller since we're talking a little bit about defense. Did you notice much from him? Like offensively, I thought he was a bit rough. Defensively, he seemed a little lost to me. I guess, like, I don't know what I was really expecting from Leonard Miller. Honestly, I was actually pretty disappointed by Leonard
1: Miller. Um, in my opinion, I feel like I wouldn't want to say he kind of gave up or kind of like slapped off in a way. I would say that I mean, in general, the way the wolves were playing was kind of awful in terms of the offensive end i would say um it's pretty sloppy for the most part and i don't know if it's just uh because it was just you know just this game or you know maybe it's been this way for the past uh you know few games that they played but i don't know it's it seems like there's not really a game plan for them a lot of bad passes and uh, you know just gotta or just try to find a guide to make do within some sort of I guess system I guess mostly just uh, driving to the paint really
0: so um yeah I mean their offense I'll be honest didn't notice much from it a lot of self-creation which is what summer league um summer league basketball is just because you don't have enough time to really create an offense um, but, like, defensively, this is the one thing I did notice. The The Wolves went zone at one point, and in a really... I don't know if they'll actually even need anything, but, like, it was encouraging to see that the Kings were actually able to attack the zone. Even though they didn't really, like, uh, attack it in the traditional way, like, where you hit the guy in the middle. Instead, they just kind of drove in and just... You know, we're able to finish over guys. You know, like the zone gives up offensive rebounds, they get the offensive rebound and it leads to an open three. So I, I guess that's actually a really encouraging sign where the Kings actually managed to figure out the zone. Um that was one thing I noticed about Minnesota's defense.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one game. Hopefully they keep it up. If you know the zone does, you know come up again. But I mean, overall, offensively, I mean, we were moving the ball real well, finding the open guys. Uh, I mean, Minnesota left a lot of open guys <laughs> out in the perimeter. But other than that, yeah, pretty good offensive game from uh, a lot of our guys.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the individual players. As I mentioned, Mike um, Dom I thought was actually really good like he was really, he was really good on defense. Uh, He did, he did kind of cool off a little bit, but four blocks, however, not a good offensive game, two for 10 from the field, one for one for seven. Keon Ellis just kind of solid throughout. Um, He did have a really nice step back three to end the half. That was nice. Um, Kobe Jones. Oh, he actually got in. He actually was injured in the, uh, I think the third quarter where he tried to dunk, he tried to dunk in transition. The guy gets back and he ends up, you know, losing control and falling straight on his back. He goes to the locker room uh, and did not return. Hopefully he is okay. Like it would be, it would really suck that, you know, if this ends up being like something that's lingering, hopefully it's not, you know, we got a long way until the start of the regular season. So he should have time to recover, you know, just well wishes to him.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure.
0: Uh, Jordan Ford, another really good game, like seven, for 14 from the field for 17 points, seven assists. I thought his passing was was a lot better this game. Like, I've not been impressed with his passing. I just feel like he's more of a scoring guard than he is the real setup guard. But then again, like if any good setup guards, you have to be able to score. And if you're a if you're good at like, you know, setting up guys in in summer league, you're a damn good player and honestly should probably shouldn't be playing. So I'm probably asking for a little bit too much, but he had a really, really good game. And then you go to Kessler, probably his best game so far. It, so, you know, since the start of the California Classic, since you know, since the entire summer league, like 18 points, six of ten from the field, eight rebounds. Like, like you you mentioned, like he he just seems like a summer league level player. Like I I don't know if you meant it as an insult or not, but. I just feel like it's tough for him in a summer league setting where he's not being set up like by, you know, high tier uh, talent who can draw in the defense. So he has to end up creating more on his own and that's just not his game. But, you know, for the most part, I think he's been okay for the most
1: part. Oh yeah. I'm going to admit. Yeah. I, I didn't think much from Kessler's game throughout, you know, all the summer league in California classic, because, you know, it's. Yeah. To be honest, he, yeah. Like you said, he's not really there to create for himself. He's there to be that kind of role player for the rest of the team. And, you know, the way he played today, I mean, he got set up real well, got, got the passes from Ford or, uh, whoever was, uh, you know, passing out to him from the perimeter. And, uh, what you call it, and I I gotta say, yeah, he drove in pretty well, and uh, you know, had a decent floater uh, from pretty far out. I want to say I it was almost... even like a step back jumper at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, overall, I, I mean, I said this like I want to say before he kind of went off, <laughs> really, and I, I pretty, I mean, he pretty much ate my words afterwards.
0: Yeah, like, like he's he's a role player, as you said, he's a three and D guy. And he's not—he doesn't really do the in-between stuff, and you know it shows that you know it's probably not going to be a thing anytime soon for him to you know do the in-between stuff like you know handling the ball or anything like that. So, but I think he'll he'll fit a lot better if he gets a chance to play um, during the regular season on the main roster. Um, Chance Kamachi, like I thought he was. I thought he was good. He was a lot better than usual. Like they didn't put him in positions to have to like play Make or anything. They just simply had him roll to the rim and finish. That's his ideal role. Twelve points, you know, pretty good game. Uh, Alex O'Connell, he was he was a house of fire.
1: Yeah, I gotta say so too. Yeah, he got a lot of good open three points. Uh, what you gonna call it? Some that for some reason didn't count because he stepped out of bounds but you yeah know, he... four
0: turnovers like that's rough and I'm pretty sure like at least three of them were just him stepping out of bounds in the corner
1: yeah but you know he hit back uh uh on a couple of those attempts so I mean it was overall a good shooting game for him
0: yeah and like he's always been an interesting player to me like you know i I guess like if, if it ever, if it, they, I guess if the Kings ever needed, like they could call him up and just have him fill out like a, you know, a, a nice three, maybe some D role, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Like he would have been great during the COVID era where like, you would just call up a guy like in case, like, you know, half your team is out with COVID, but I don't know if he'll ever get that opportunity, but like he, he's, he's got something he's athletic, he's active, and you know, he can re- he can really like get hot from three, but I don't know if he'll ever get that opportunity to ever play.
1: Uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, he's a pretty I wanna say he's a pretty tallish wing-ish player. Six
0: five, six, six-ish is kind of how I how tall I see him as.
1: So yeah, hopefully the opportunity arises for him sometime in the future. Um i mean if he keeps it up I, i'm pretty sure he's pretty young as well so uh i mean so he's he
0: 24 has, he's a 6'6".
1: so yeah um so i mean there's still time for a lot of development for him and uh you know we'll see if uh some team will call him up for uh you know for some uh contract
0: yeah main roster contract um Okay. Well, that's all I have for the game. Like I'll be honest, I almost fell asleep at one point. It's been <laughs> a long, it's been a long day for me. So <laughs> got a little sleepy. It, there, it's just, there, there's just no stakes right now. And uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's summer league basketball, at least it's some basketball to watch. Uh, so I, I guess we'll cover kind of the controversy uh, of yesterday, really. So um, maybe, Yeah, it was yesterday. So it, there was an interview done with, um, the Lithuanian, uh what's called FIBA, Lithuanian, uh, coach for the, for the Lithuanian basketball team. And he had said that, um, Sabonis will not be playing in the Olympics or the FIBA tournament because he just had surgery on his thumb. Well, that kind of, well, like that kind of lines up with the timeline, like, you know, the, it it was reported that uh, Sabonis was going to get surgery on his thumb, and we were just kind of waiting for the news that to, of that of that happening. And you know, it made sense that he would have surgery right about now. So everyone kind of took took that as fact. And kind of ran with it for about an hour until James Ham came out with a report saying that, no, he did not have surgery. So that caused the giant stir online, which was honestly pretty funny.
1: Mm-hmm. So to clear it all up, he did not get surgery.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the report is that he did not get surgery. He is he is waiting. Basically, he's going through a very strict uh, rehab assignment right now, like a re. He's going through strict rehab, and he's basically gonna, I guess, let it naturally heal and hopefully doesn't have to do surgery.
1: Uh, I don't know, wasn't it a fracture though? On I want to say the thumb.
0: It was a it's what's called an avulsion fracture, I believe like something along the lines of like a tendon falling apart. But like from I remember reading about it, and the issue like wasn't that it's going to Get worse, which you actually never want to hear. Like, you know, you can you can make an injury worse, but the the issue was more of like a pain tolerance thing. Like, there's no structural damage. There's no nothing. It's just it's going to be painful for a
1: while. Hmm. Uh. I, to be honest, I'm not a doctor. I can't say whether this. Oh is no, like.
0: you're not a doctor.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, But what I was about to say. Uh, So I mean, Sabonis knows his body more than anyone else. So I'm just going to assume that he's well off to play without that surgery. So I mean, that's his choice. So I mean, that's all I could say.
0: Uh, so James Ham did say, like, he's in Southern California right now, working with, uh, working a lot with Doug Christie on his game, which, which is bit particularly what I want to hear, because, you know, th- this playoffs, like, we did learn a lot, and we did find out that he does need to improve, like, specifically, like, on his mid-range area, and, you know, he just, like, everyone needs to work on their game, and it's, like, Keegan's definitely been in the lab, like, De'Aaron, I assume has, just, I assume everyone's been working, so, you know like hopefully this is just something that just is not an issue going into the season
1: yeah i and i feel like i doubt it should be i mean so far um you know from the past uh what you would call summers i i mean doesn't sound like it's an issue to be honest
0: yeah um but you know like personally i i will probably just recommend having the surgery and just taking however many weeks you need to to recover because like you have like what 15 15 or 14 15 weeks to recover from this so what you know just have the surgery and you know be 100 percent by training camp but you know again as you mentioned like he knows his body way more than you or i do so who am i to say anything
1: so yeah i mean hopefully it you know, pays out in the end, uh with all the training he's gonna be doing throughout the summer up until training camp. So uh I I just hope that he doesn't you know all of a sudden decide to get surgery during the regular season, I guess.
0: Well, like seeing as he didn't get it last week or he didn't get it like during the season, I doubt he'll actually get it this season. I think he'll just play through it.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah.
0: Uh okay well that's basically the news. Uh there is a there is a announcement that's saying that the Kings did officially sign Sasha Vazinkov, so it is now official.
1: Okay, <laughs> I I swore I thought we already had this uh, announcement before, right? I guess so.
0: Here's the thing with a lot of these announcements, you, it's not official until the actual team announces it, like right? them tweeting out like something. Or not tweeting out, but like they'll send out like an email saying that they officially signed. A lot of what we actually see like on social media is reported by other reporters. Like it's a
1: leak usually. Ah, I see.
0: So well, I guess it's official now.
1: Okay, maybe I I'm gonna guess that he actually sat down, signed the papers, and is ready to go. I mean, we've already seen pictures with him with um uh I want to say with Fox and keegan he's been
0: with everyone
1: yeah and he's also rocking the sacramento king's training shirt so yeah i mean he's already here
0: (laughs) yeah so i'm really looking forward to him uh during the season like the more i hear about him that's it just it's such a seamless offensive fit the defensive will figure that stuff out but like the offensive fit is gonna be so amazing and i cannot wait
1: oh yeah we shall see
0: Okay, well, that's basically all we have in terms of uh, basketball. I mean, do you want to talk about the Dame stuff? Do you want to talk about James Harden stuff? We did actually touch on it before, but do you, do you have anything to add to those things?
1: I mean, not really. I I guess in the past couple days or a few days or however, um, I didn't know that James Harden wanted out of Philly. I thought he was just going to write it out just because, you know, he has the contract, but I guess. Guess he wants out, but where is he gonna go? Who knows?
0: (laughs) And you know, you you are dealing with Daryl Morey, who is just history's most obnoxious general manager, it seems. Like just GM basketball basketball operations guy or head of basketball operations, whatever you want to call it. Just he's gonna ask for the farm and ain't nobody gonna give it to him. So that's gonna drag out. Uh Dame is just gonna stay. I think I think he gets traded before training camp.
1: I I wanna say so, but I mean is it still gonna be with Miami though? That's another thing.
0: I think it's I think it's probably like 90% not Miami. Like there could be a team that sneaks in there with you know the godfather offer, but he's there are very specific fits for Dame, like at this point in his career. You have to be a team that's going to win now and also have the assets to the point where you give up whatever you have and you're still a contender. It's not a ve- it's not a lot of teams that have that. And like Portland's gonna want, you know, draft assets, like draft capital, and also like maybe a player or two. Miami doesn't really have the draft capital they do have tyler hero but it's not someone you know they the portland trailblazers covet so it, it it's tough but like i don't see there being much of a better offer at least not right now
1: yeah i guess we'll have to see for the for weeks because i mean every time i see news about damian willard and um Miami talks. I mean, it seems like Miami's just laughing at uh, what kind of offers they want for Dame. So, yeah, Miami or Trailblazers? Miami, because you know, Trailblazers want the most from Dame, which is understandable. But Miami's, you know, I don't. I don't want to say they have much, and especially for what the Trailblazers would want. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen.
0: Uh, speaking of like trade news, it's so Mark Stein did um, did put in there, did put into his report saying that Pascal Siakam may actually be legitimately available.
1: Available. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm.
0: trade, any any interest? Um, like, <sighs> let's just say I don't know how the Kings would actually do it. Let's just say Keegan Keegan is not in the trade. Okay. So I'm assuming that would be like Kevin Herter. Maybe Malik Monk in there too, and Davion. Like that's probably how I would structure it if I were the Raptors. That's the best you can probably do if you do not involve, you know, the big three.
1: And I kind of feel like the Raptors won't take it unless they take another pick or two, <laughs> maybe. Uh,
0: it's going to be two or three picks. I think that's yeah. a given, and I'm okay with that for Pascal.
1: Uh, let me think about that. That that'd be a pretty nice team now that I think about it. Uh, but uh, who's going to be our two? I guess Chris Duarte. <laughs>
0: Dude, make Keegan the two. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, really.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it'll be interesting, but I kind of do still want to keep one to knock down shooters, you know, just in case.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. And like one of the things about I'm very hesitant to trade Kevin Herter because he's on a great contract, especially for what he does. Yeah. And his ability to shoot off movement is actually a very very important skill in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. And you're just not going to be able to replace that easily. Like you trade him. Yeah. Um. Like I'm 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 interested in Pascal, but of course, like the more reasonable one is probably to somehow get OG. And, you know, maybe Davion's involved in it. Who knows? It it would hurt, like, Harrison Barnes cannot be traded until six months after the signing. So six months from now will be basically January, December. So, like, I hate to say it, like, Harrison Barnes is probably the sacrificial lamb for, for a trade like this. The thing is, I don't know if the Raptors take it, but here's my thing with the OG and Pascal thing. Masai has lost Kyle Lowry for some stuff, not nothing, but he lost Marcus Saul for nothing, lost Sergi Baca for nothing, uh, lost Fred Van Vliet now for nothing. It's a it's been a it's been a troubling trend of him just overvaluing his guys, you know, keeping his keeping his uh, assets way too hot, like valuing his assets way too much and not taking the best offer at the time. And it's not looking good right now. Like at some point, these guys have one year left on their contract. are, are is he really going to play this out and lose them for nothing? Because that's what it's going to look like. That's been the trend.
1: Mm. Yeah, if that's the case, he's he's going to be out. <laughs> that's for sure. If, if he loses both Pascal... And or OG, that's it for him, I feel.
0: And yeah. at a certain point, like, yeah, you can value your guy. You can value OG and it'll be like, you know, four picks is what you need to trade him. Ain't, if ain't nobody giving you that, like, then he's not worth that. James Ham has, has my favorite analogy for this. If you have a house that you value at $2 million, but you can only, your highest bidder is $750,000, you have a $750,000 house.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I feel like by a time if, you know, Barnes is the benefactor for uh, this kind of trade, I feel like um, some other team will eventually drop on in to uh, take that opportunity by the time, you know, December, January, like you said, we'll roll over.
0: Well, here's the here's the other issue, like for a lot of teams. Like, think about it this way. Th- this this is actually pretty incredible to say. The Kings are one of the only teams that still has assets. Now, granted, they're not great assets, depending on how you value Kings picks, and I would value them very high because they're sacramental Kings picks,
1: <laughs>
0: but they're the only one of the only teams that you know is good right now. But like you, well, at least you hope that they will be good next season. That, that are, that's going to be good, but also still has a decent amount of assets to actually trade for someone without losing like your core. Mm. Like most most of these superstar trades or like big star trades is that they have to give up a lot of picks to you know to reset and to and maybe a young player or two like a lot a lot of the good teams they don't have assets because they already traded most of their guys and also th- there's also the other element where these guys are left on one-year deals do you, like does a losing team like that has draft assets like do they want to trade for a pascal siakam or og and it'll be one year left on their deal basically no, they're not going to want to trade for them because they're going to leave and you just traded a bunch of shit for them and now you don't have the player and you don't have your picks. Mm. So the Kings are in a unique position where they're a winning team. It makes sense for them to trade for an upgrade. And because they're a good team, they can they have a better chance of convincing a guy to stay. And there's actually a legitimate reason to try and maybe try for a rental. Like, I, I, have, I have said, like, they probably the Kings need an upgrade at the Harrison Barnes position, and Pascal and OG would be upgrades, and I think they'd be worth it. And I think they could possibly take the Kings over the top.
1: Mm. It's a tough one. Yeah, I, we'll have to see for sure. But I, I get what you mean. That that's a pretty interesting analogy. I guess uh if it does happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all I could say is it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm just gonna have to wonder how that uh bench is gonna fare off. I guess.
0: Yeah, like it's it's it, kings. It's incredible to say. Like kings are in a good position, like to make a move, and for better or for worse, like Monty always hold. Like he will be, he will stay disciplined in, in these kinds of situations where he's gonna wait wait for the right deal, the right guy. He did not bite on the Bradley Beal stuff when they asked for Keita Murray, rightfully so. And he didn't bite on the Jeremy Grant or – he didn't even bite off the John Collins, uh, Kyle Kuzma stuff. Like, because he – I don't know. I don't, look, I'm, I'm not in his head, but it seems like he probably thought those guys weren't worth, you know, throwing, you know, throwing everything at, you know, because – they're good players I really like John Collins I would actually I now looking back I kind of would have liked like the Kings to actually just trade for him because they literally traded nothing the Jack traded basically nothing for him so he he's waiting for the perfect deal I think and it, it's with with them not having cap space anymore like them opening up this much cap space and you know it's pretty clear at this point that they're Monty's looking at the trade market as opposed to free agency probably
1: hmm. I see what you mean I guess when it, the time does come because I doubt it's going to be anytime soon when a time does come oh, I guess we can't wait
0: yeah well man we'll see like it's it's an in, it's just an interesting time just because again the kings are in a very good position and it's it's right like death smack in the kind of the not like nba limbo nba limbo is more of like what they've been in like in past years but they're on the other side of the limbo where they're not really a title contender but they're not bad and like they can they just need one more thing to take them over the top and it's going to be an interesting time it's probably going to be a pretty long summer waiting for the right move but at a certain point as i said like when no one is willing to go up to your price, you have to trade that guy because they're going to leave and you're not going to have anything. Like Masai's been brilliant in the past, but the past few years, like you have to start criticizing him for just letting guys leave for basically nothing and not restocking your assets. And now you're in a position where, again, you have two star level players who can get you a big return, but you've been, you've been kind of sh- like, You've been, if you, I mean, if you want to be an optimist, you've been too patient. You've been too delusional to a certain degree of how much, how much value your guys have. And at a certain point, he has to just bite the bullet and say, you know what? Two draft picks for OG and OB is about the best I'm going to get. So, all right, I'll take two draft picks and, you know, the Kevin Herter maybe, and maybe Davion in there.
1: Yep. I guess we shall see.
0: Yes, we will see. Uh, Just, just my thoughts on kind of the trade situation. Like the Pascal Siak, I'm actually not as high on Pascal just because you have to give up so much for him. I'm more of the OG and and Anobi camp, but that's going to cost a lot too. But personally, I would love to see an OG trade. I think it's going to be an OG trade. The Pascal Siakum comes like really taking a huge swing. So we'll see what we'll see what Monty does. It's gonna. It's it's gonna be an interesting summer. Did I lag out? What happened? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. okay, you didn't say anything, so I thought something happened. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I guess this is the one segment where we talk about games and maybe WWE. I don't know.
0: Uh, WWE. Um. So far, I I don't have that much to say. Kota Ibushi's part of AEW now. That's pretty cool. Although it was... They've been horrible at just doing New Japan like introductions. Like Okada, for two years in a row, have horrible debuts at at AEW. It's, It's genuinely some of the worst shit I've ever seen. And like Kota Ibushi, he was not even on the AEW. They literally just showed him in a video and that's how he debuts in aew like if you like the issue is if you don't know who kota abushi is why would you give a shit like who the fuck is this japanese guy that i'm supposed to care about you know if you're an american if you're like you know purely an american audience guy anyways that that's beside the point kota abushi is now a part of aew so that's actually pretty dope i assume that kenny omega is gonna have a storyline with him uh back at wwe la night he he's continue. he's still really over and i really hope that he challenges for the u.s title bloodline stuff is
1: good too <laughs> yeah i mean that's pretty much it i gotta say with the i mean it's still gonna be so up until you know when SummerSlam comes around i guess
0: i forgot if there's a pay-per-view in between but um
1: Anyway,
0: anyways, uh what's it called? The D- Smackdown will be in Sacramento um in September. So that's actually pretty dope.
1: Oh, Roman,
0: yeah. Roman specifically not on the poster. Suspiciously not on the
1: poster. God. I mean, personally I've already seen Roman. Um so I guess it's not going to be that big of a deal. I, I, I'm i trying to remember who. I else. mean, to
0: be fair, I don't think he'll be there anyways because, you know, he's a part-timer now. And I don't see any reason why he would show up in Sacramento.
1: I don't know either. I mean, anyone else that you might be interested in seeing?
0: I mean, there's only one guy, the one that everybody's talking about, L.A. Knight. I don't even right. know. I don't even know if that's his catchphrase, by the way. I just, I just do the L.A. Knight part. L.A. Knight's going to be amazing when, when we see him.
1: I wonder if uh, he'll make a joke about Sacramento.
0: Why? Why would he make a joke about Sacramento? I don't know.
1: Part of his name's L.A.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know, but like, I'll be excited to see L.A. Knight. Uh, it's unfortunate. I would love to see Otis. I love Otis and what they're doing with Alpha Academy right now. Um. Other than that, like yeah, no no one else really comes to mind. I guess it'd be nice to see the Usos. Like they're probably going to be there. Mm. Maybe Kevin Owens and Sammy. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess we shall see.
0: Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, we'll be seeing if we're going. I think I think we are, but there's no confirmation. But pretty dope that's coming to uh Sacramento. Uh, I did miss when they had Raw over here. And I missed the AEW show when they were here, friends. It's on a Wednesday, like that's very inconvenient.
1: Yeah, it was early too. I think it was a uh, two shows in uh, one. They so recorded.
0: I believe they record. Um, was it called not Dynamite? Uh, what's the Friday show? I already forgot. I already forgot what the name of that show is. But they record yeah. the Friday show at the same time. Rampage. There we go. Rampage.
1: Yeah, I forgot. Wait, the first show started at like three or four p.m. on a Wednesday and second show is like six or seven or something like that the main show yeah yeah which i mean sure (laughs) i don't know no one that i knew uh went so yeah it's just odd timings and uh yeah i mean personally i don't i mean i i don't watch aw yeah um okay
0: well Man, i guess uh nothing else comes to mind i i don't really want to talk about adam 22 stuff right now so Dear god yeah uh but hey so anything else you want to talk about or should we just call this an episode
1: i guess we shall
0: call it well uh yeah so there's kings do actually have one more game so we will be well at least i'll be coming you'll, you'll actually be away uh for that episode so you will not be on but uh, i will be coming to you after the um after the Milwaukee Bucks and uh Kings game on Saturday it's at 1 30 p.m so very inconvenient time I'm I'm definitely falling asleep during that game <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> all right okay well uh thank you guys for listening we'll catch you guys on the next one
1: and we'll see you guys later.